Our high school guidance counselor used to ask us what you would do if you had a million dollars. Didn't have to work. And then invariably, whatever you'd say, that was supposed to be your career. So if you wanted to fix old cars, then you're supposed to be an auto mechanic. So what did you say? I never had an answer. I guess that's why I'm working at Initech. No, you're working at Initech because that question is bull to begin with. If everyone listened to her, there'd be no janitors because no one would clean up if they had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Talking about millions of dollars. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Two chicks at the same time, man. We're living in a material world and I am a material girl. Or boy. Well, what about you now? What would you do? Besides two chicks at the same time? Well, yeah. Nothing. Nothing, huh? I would relax. I would sit on my ass all day. I would do nothing. Well, you don't need a million dollars to do nothing, man. Take a look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do If I had a million dollars. If I had a million dollars. Well, I'd buy you a house. I would buy you a house. Well, I'm Jacks. I'm Tom Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 11.75. Nasdaq Futures up 16. Dow Futures up 116. Trying to come back a little bit from the, well, kind of a shaky market yesterday, but Dow was down a bunch, and uh, we had our five uh, stocks holding us up, the ones that are going to save the world and be the only five stocks left in the world, Microsoft and a couple others, NVIDIA. They're going to be it. They're going to take over everybody, us, you, Kevin. Kevin, you're going to be taking over. I was going to save the world myself, but if they want to do it, that's fine. You're not going to be like like Fredo. Mikey, I was passed over. <laughs> You'd be taken over. I was passed over. Yeah, uh, that's the way Pop wanted it, though. Yeah, that's the way Pop wanted it, you know. It's a, because, Fredo, you're a, somewhat of a loser. You got the poor guy shot. He never really forgave you for that. So, of course, then again, why would he? So what is up? Uh, what's up? Kind of odd uh, going down in the market with all this... Uh, craziness with the uh, debt ceiling thing and uh, just as uh, I suppose we ought to throw some of these numbers up there Kevin even though they aren't the best uh, um, in terms of where these they, what, what do you make of this I mean is, is it all is it all theater I mean I, I was listening to Nikki Haley uh, on Face the Nation on Sunday and and, and for two minutes I, I'm listening to her and I'm thinking this lady seems like she knows what she's talking about and Maybe I could like her, and all of a sudden, she lobs one out there that's just a, a a bone to the losers in that party, and there's losers in the Democratic Party. But she lobs a, a bone out, you know. Gee, this could be. A, we don't stop this border thing. We have another 9/11. I'm going. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did where did that come from? But I. It, but there must be some talking points that they get in. You know, these guys. Well, are, you know, you know where it came from. They've they've. I think the number is up to something like 88. Uh, people that they have uh, nabbed at the border who were on the terrorist terrorist watch list, and you know that they are they are not getting half or better of the people who come across the border are not being caught. So um, you know there there are lots of countries. It isn't just you know Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador that has people coming across the border. Oh, there yeah. are a number of people from all other countries coming across, based and and given the policy and the lack of enforcement that we have. Um, it, it is, you know, creating that uh, worries about that situation. What, what, if if none of this is happening down there, and if you just looked at the rest of the world and put some kind of a a map on who's having trouble where, and who's leaving their place where for for whatever reason, good or bad, mostly good, I would think. Uh, well, good reasons to leave, not not good reason, uh, not good reasons. 
Um, what, what do you think the the average American who we're talking about a com- country that is country of immigrants, basically, uh, and, and we you know kick the people out that were here? I mean, it's I mean the, the, the history is pretty stark. What what do you think the average person's thought about what our share responsibility, whatever you want to call it, should be of this chaos going around worldwide? I mean, if you just sat somebody down and say, hey, look, there's two million people out of this country, <laughs> there's a million out of this country, these guys got a war and there's two million out of there, these guys don't want to get conscripted in Russia, so there's a million people out of there, what, what, and we're sort of involved in a lot of these things, or were, what, what do you suppose the average person would say, none of this is our responsibility, or a little bit, or how many out of the six or seven million people that appear to be on the move, we should take 50? No, five million. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't. Does anybody even on a, on, a, on a larger picture, Kevin? I'm not. I'm not. I'm forgetting all about what's going on in the disorganization and so forth on the border. But I mean, what what do people think our share of this carnage is? None. Well, I <clears throat> I don't know what people think our share should be. I know that government is involved in all of these countries to one degree or another yeah. so in some in some cases it's meddling in some cases it's financial aid that never gets to the people it's intended to get to so what are we supposed to do about that are we supposed to either cut off the aid and say hey it's only going to the connected and the uh, and, and the already wealthy or are we supposed to go in and strong arm them and and you know and get more involved in in the distribution directly uh, of those funds how how are we supposed to do that and so when you start asking that question then you start asking you you, you know you have to get to process type of answers and i don't think we're going to like a lot of the process answers if we're really to have an effect so yeah there does get to be a point where you say i i'm sorry i don't know how to help you um, well, I, there's, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I, but, I mean, you, but what you just what you just said, professor, that you are, one question leads to about thirty other questions. Duh. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. a- absolutely. And so, you know, what's the responsibility? What's our responsibility for refugees from Ukraine? What's our responsibility? You know, uh, uh, versus Europeans' uh, responsibilities. What's how much responsibility do we have for uh, uh, the prosecution of that war in the first place? And uh, and and so, you know, because we're so involved, do we have a greater responsibility? I don't know the answers, but that's not how we talk about it. We talk about it by saying anybody who's against this is a racist. Or, or anybody who has problems yeah. with the way we're doing it is a racist. The one thing I will say is we need, it needs to be an orderly process. If we need, I, I don't know, it's good, the, the number is, is on a pace to be like 12 million people during Biden's first term. Well, we um, we obviously need and, tremendous and, and, amount of men, but there's there's got to be. But a, here, here's what I'm saying: is if if we need the people, we need people to come in and work and so on. Then we need an orderly process and the capacity to handle it. If when we intentionally don't have that, that's a problem. Well, I, I actually think you know I wish I knew more about it, Kevin. We probably should because I mean uh, Angelica, we had a Easter dinner with her and her mother, who's in from Ukraine. Um, and she came in through whatever process there is, and I think she flew in from somewhere. Um, I don't, I don't really know, but uh, I think there's thousands of people that are here from Ukraine uh, that are living with family and friends, and uh, I'm going to say it's upward of maybe 25, Kevin, maybe 50, 
and I don't I don't see any. There doesn't seem to have been any glitch in that at all. I mean, that I know of. I mean, there certainly wasn't with her mom. I mean, she got whatever she needed on the other end and came in with the right papers, and here she is, and going to going to two classes at night and working two jobs. So I mean, it's not like she's uh, she's you know that she's a burden on anybody. But uh, I'm saying there, there is there is some decent stuff going somewhere. I just I wish I knew more about the whole picture. And you you sure as hell are not going to get it from the the news media. I mean, the idea of every pounding across one board, I mean, that, that's news. Somebody, you know, 100 people getting in the right way from Ukraine, you know, if it bleeds, it leads, and, and that's not news. And it's unfortunate, I, I think, because you're right. A lot of people, but I think a lot of people here, I'm going to say under whatever process they're supposed to be here, but, I mean, it's all, this all kind of started, well, not all of it, because it's been going on for long before you and I were around. A lot of this started with us, the ridiculous idea to go in and, and bust up Iraq when, when Saddam Hussein was there. I mean, look at the refugees that that cost into every Syria and all these other places. Then Syria blew up. Then Syria's having problems with Turkey. I mean, it, it became a total domino effect, didn't it? I mean, it, it started there. I mean, what about this poor guy? Didn't he get a... Did he get a... Who's the, the, the head of Jordan? Doesn't that poor guy have, like, more refugees than he's got population? Uh, they're teetering on that, yes. I mean, uh, and, and you know, I mean, should we sit some people down instead of the Democrats and Republicans chip, chirping each other, haul a few of their asses over to Camp David that know something about Central America and say, all right, for the last 80 years we've given money to El Salvador, Venezuela, God knows where down there, and look at the messes they're in. Did, did we help? Did we hurt? Were we part of the problem? Were we part of the solution? What are we doing? Did any of our money get to the right people? You would, you would think we have the talent. I bet we have very talented people in the State Department that maybe actually have some knowledge and some solutions that, of course, nobody will ever listen to. I'll take the under on that one. Uh, you know, sometimes, Greg, there's, there's staff people that know the areas, maybe even been from that area, that, that you know, there's more people in, that you never hear of. It's it's like it's like working at Pullman. If, if you nobody got, listens to them, do they even exist? Uh, well, that's 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 the question. But I mean, the fact is, it's not like everybody's a dummy. You know, there's some people that actually know some stuff. And of course, every time there's a president comes in, they all get new bosses. So who knows if the new boss even talks to the old person? I mean, that's I think Harold Malmgren was the yeah. only person who was the last person. What I'm saying is, is I mean, I I think. I don't. I have no idea why everybody. We've given nothing but money to El Salvador, and everybody's walking through Mexico to get here from El Salvador. I mean, Kevin. Yeah, that's a problem, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, you bring that up about walking through Mexico too. There, there are just not that many people. They're not walking through Mexico. They're being transported by uh, um, by cartel people for money. You have bus caravans. You have all that kind of stuff. It is not people walking well, thousands of miles. Well, I, I don't well, think it, it creates it creates a very sympathetic uh, situation. Well, it, it's people that, that are, but, it's but people. that's not the issue. It's not the issue in the first place. The issue is why are people coming here? It's because they know our immigration laws and they know uh, they know better than we do what our government's inclinations are in terms of whether they should or shouldn't come and whether they will or will not get in, um, and, uh, and and so they you know they know how to game the system. Look, there there are people. Um, you know, there, I've seen uh, some of the news reports. There are people they come in and they claim um, that they uh, they need refugee status, which is 
you know, which is their right, although it should be done at the first country that they cross into. So if you're from Guatemala, for instance, and, and, you, and you cross into Mexico, then that's where your, cl uh, where your claim is, even if you want to claim it at the U.S. Embassy. Um, but, uh, but what I'm really getting to is the court date for that is in 2027. It's like uh, somebody getting arrested here. And so, what do we do in the meantime? We release you into the uh, uh, into the country. Yeah, that's, I mean, I mean, it, I, now what 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 on earth kind of a system? Who thinks that's a good idea? So when I say walking, and it leaves the, the wrong impression, I, does that mean I could be a good politician? Uh, you, you could be a politician if you wanted to, Tom. Um, but then I w but then I wouldn't like you very much. True, true. Um, well, let's, let's put it this way: the the, the trip through Mexico can't be anything that you and I would ever want to do. So whatever, wherever we're coming from has to be pretty horrible. The question is, why is that so horrible? If, if, if why, why, I mean, I, I realize why Venezuela when, is when so When we horrible. have given them, yeah, you know, hundreds of millions and if not billions, why is it so horrible? Uh, well, they, you know, they, Kamala Harris promised to work on the root causes, so I'm sure she's yeah. come to some conclusions. What do you suppose, I mean, these those people, I mean, unfortunately for them, I don't think they can get here. How many people from Venezuela would want to come here if they could, you think? How, how big of a crap hole is that down there? Only took them about 20 years or so to uh, go from a fairly thriving economy to a, a, a hellhole. How do they... How do they yay, yeah. yay for socialism. Well, I, and whatever, whatever they call these, these things, the fact is some people got a real, a real lot of the dough. And it's almost at a point now where it... It almost, you know, I hope, we're, I hope we don't get there, but it seems to me like we're on the path. I don't know what you call us when you've got five people going to have all the dough. I don't know. I guess you can call that capitalism. You sure as hell can't call it free markets. I don't know what... I don't well, know what, you can't call it free markets, and we've been edging our way uh, systematically towards that, towards where we are today. So, you know, I'm... I'm not any more pleased about it here in the United States as I am when because it was it was all going to be so benign in uh, Venezuela if you back up 25 years. Well, I think it, it it's become sort of a what did uh, my brother Copper used to say in, in what's the word a gestalt definition, which is kind of a split definition. I think we're we're on a road here, Kevin. And boy, man, oh man, it's, it's it, I see it happening. I wish I could stop it. Uh, I see the the top ten percent, maybe even five or one, having this quasi-capitalist system, and everybody underneath them because they don't have anything have to break into some kind of a socialist system just to, just to exist. We're, we're almost coming into a two-tier system here, and I don't boy, I tell you what, that sucks. I that's not that's not my America or yours or Greg's. Well, and, and, and let, let's run with that a little bit more, because to make it work, then the government has to have a much heavier hand. And it starts with, you know, meddling, and uh, um, but it really works its way into it. So just consider the last couple of weeks. Consider the last couple of weeks. Um, we, um, you know, you, you, we had the revelation that <clears throat> this whole idea about Hunter Biden's laptop during the campaign was Russian disinformation and Tony Blinken or, or orchestrated without any any basis 
getting this letter signed by all these former CIA and uh, you know other government officials um, that he was able to line up to sign off so that Joe had a uh, um, so that Joe Biden had a talking point in the uh, in the debate he could say yeah everybody says it's Russian disinformation then we have learned about the whole money laundering scheme that the Biden family has been using to uh, for influence and then we learned what was it yesterday or the day before that the Justice Department has ordered the IRS agents to be pulled off of the Hunter Biden case and so it's either delayed or it's killed altogether um, and that's that's everything that was you know the IRS so that was where the charges against him were going to come on. Yesterday we got the Durham report, which was scathing about the FBI, that the FBI knew in 2016 that all of this stuff about Russian collusion came from the Clinton campaign, and it was not true. And yet they pursued it and pursued it for years into the... Um, uh, into the... Uh, 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 what's his name? Trump administration... So if you now start putting yourself in other people's shoes, first of all, how would you feel if you were Trump? Well, no wonder the guy wants to run again. He's probably the only guy that could conceivably lose to Biden at this point. And I sure really, I sure don't want to see him run. And if he wins, I don't really want to see the revenge tour. He could win, but he, he might also be the only guy that Biden could beat. But in addition to him, and so if you put himself in your shoes, yeah, I see why he wants to run again. He feels like he got screwed the first time. They tied up his presidency for almost three years with, uh, you know, Russia collusion stuff. And everything, every bit of it was a lie. Um, and then on top of that, how do you suppose the Russians feel about being accused of collaborating with Trump when they didn't do it? Or how do you suppose they feel about this being accused of being uh, providing disinformation about uh, Hunter Biden during the campaign and all the contents that were on his laptop, which are really more about Joe than Hunter in, in terms of relevance? How do you suppose, gee, do you wonder why we have such a crappy relationship with Putin? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I would think they would cause, be pretty cause, happy. Because, yeah, they're our scapegoat. They're the ones. We just blame the Russians for everything. Well, why? They, uh, why? You know, why? I, no, hey, he does a lot of bad stuff, but nobody likes getting accused for stuff they didn't do. Why do we have. Uh, I, I'll drop back to Michael, who can't defend himself because he's been dead forever. Uh, I used to ask him when we were, you know, young and idealistic. I would talk about, you know, Chicago being a city where, you know, where's mine? And uh, and Mike Royko would be, you know, doing his columns. Would, he could never get a job today, I'm sure. But uh, Michael would say, the, the graft in Chicago is at a manageable level. It doesn't. We all know it's there, we, but the level of it is something that it's not worth dealing with. It's 5 to 10% of this job, that job. And it's just, it's enough to make, it's enough grease to make the wheels go without squeaking. Because it's, it's not out of hand. People can still come here, can still buy a house, can still get a job, can do all the stuff. And, and you know the, the, the precinct captain is stealing a little bit, but oh, by the way, if, you, if your son needs a job, he'll get you a job. So it sort of works. He says it works in its own way. He says it's not out of hand. How did we get from there to stuff that nobody could possibly justify. And it's, it's every single day. Uh, 
Did you see the uh, African-American lady? Because it's how you justify it, Tom. You justify it because you believe the other side is evil and we are the saviors and therefore any means necessary is appropriate. Well, I I mean, there's a... And and that's how it starts. And it it may even start with the purest of intentions. Um, Well, then it gets to the part where if I'm not cheating, I'm not trying or I can't participate. Yeah. Then it gets to the point where if if I'm not looking at people's order flow in my business if I'm not paying up for order flow I can't make any money because everybody else is doing it type of thing but the, the uh, I think she was you know, I, I didn't see her but it sounded like God, how horrible is that sound uh, a Republican freshman uh, rep yesterday someplace in down south and I think she's African American she goes we need to start by cleaning up our own house. We got to kick this guy out of the house. Our the, the Republicans can't point finger when we got this loser right here. We can't even kick him out. We got to start by setting an example by 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 doing stuff right ourselves. You know what? It's hard to argue that. That'll be. It, it is hard to argue that. And and I you know not only that, but you know it's it's all of it. It's all of it. And yes, there need to be consequences, and there will be none for any of this. But how do you, how do you uh, have a population that um, you know? I run somebody who owns a brokerage firm, and I'm not you know lobbying to raise prices or anything like that. But I, how does how does a population not care at all if the people trading against them are like coming out of a committee in Congress and and are, are absolutely know about information, and all they care about is it's free. <laughs> to be, to, you can find free brokerage today. When anybody with an ounce of brains knows it's not free. Somebody's getting paid by somebody. And if you're not the customer, who the hell is? I mean, why, why are, have we gotten, have we dumbed things down on somewhat of a moral or on an ethical level to the point where people don't even know what right and wrong is? I don't I mean, I, I mean, is, is, are we become a nation of moral relativists? I mean, what are we? I, you know, you look at the, the, the uh, everybody is aghast at the medical profession right now, yet nobody seems to have any idea how to, how to fix it? I mean, what? A, I, I, one of the people here in my uh, building, the guy's uh, wife went in for uh, some tests at Northwestern. You know, they, you know we're not talking about uh, in, invasive stuff. But the day, the day was eighteen grand or nineteen grand, and the guy's, the guy's supposed to. Uh, he's got a Blue Cross plan where he pays twenty five percent of it. His bill's like five G. Guy didn't have five G. What 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 are the what are the what is the marginal cost of whatever they did to that lady in, in Northwestern that day? I'll bet it's not two, Kevin. So what do we, so what do we get as a solution for it? More government. More government. Because government yeah, yeah. made it the way it is, so let's have more of it. Well, is, is oh, the oh, transparency goody. and pricing of medical stuff is infinitely worse than the transparency of pricing and securities. Oh yeah, it's it's illegally worse. Oh yeah, it's absolutely. <laughs> but I don't I don't know how. I mean, Milton Friedman used to say. The hardest thing in the world is to maintain a monopoly or a cartel unless you have the government on your side. Because they're the ones that can maintain it for you. You think you think nobody to figure out a way to compete with Commonwealth Edison if government didn't anoint them the only utility here? I mean, the, the only way you're going to have only five hospitals systems in the Chicago area, maybe three or four, is if, if somehow government doesn't doesn't if somebody wants to have a, a urgent care center for a, a lot cheaper, they're going to say you can't do it. You can't get the license. The only the only way you can you can keep the discipline in a, in a cartel or a monopoly is through government. 
Yeah, how is how is that uh, in in Chicago? Because we must, I, God, we have urgent care centers elsewhere here. Other, they're all or, er, not elsewhere, everywhere. Well, they're they're most of them are run by the hospitals, and they actually are. I mean, people don't for most things that happen to you, even you know, if, even if it's a if it's a major heart attack, you want to go to the hospital, right? But if you if you cut your hand, out the, no, I, out I the guard, watch the super fans. You just pound on your heart a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, then, but I mean, then you, you the, those those guys do a very nice job at those urgent care centers. But a lot of them are run by hospitals, but they're they're cheaper. The people there are. I mean, I, what I understand, I've not been in one, but I know people who have, and they said that the experience is, is is light years better than an emergency room. Now, if you go in there and you are having a heart attack, they're going to plunk your butt in an ambulance and send you to the hospital. But uh, that's probably one out of a thousand people that walk in there. I'm saying there, it's almost at a point, Kevin, where if the government really wanted to break some of this stuff up, they would have to make they would have to provide the financing for people like you and I and Carl to open one up and, and show what the cost really ought to be. But what do you think? What do you think the chances of that are in, in the face of Blue Cross and the place of the face of Northwestern's million locations now, or or Rush, or University of Chicago. What do you think of the chances, after all this time, of them actually going against those people? Zero. I mean, well, they do. They do exist in in some places, though. But how many of them are independent? Surgery Center of Oklahoma is probably the most noteworthy example. Well, it's a long ride. If you got to cut thumb to go to Oklahoma, you, you know what? Yeah, for a cut thumb, yes, it is a long ride. For um, uh, on the other hand, for a uh, um, you know elective surgery, yeah. uh, it, it isn't such a long ride. You know, you can get on an airplane, you can travel, yeah. you can have your knee replacement done or whatever it, it is, and it's going to be less expensive than um, uh, you know. It, it's going to be less expensive, including the travel and stay there, uh, than uh, um, than going into Northwestern. Well, and insurance, but I mean, I'm not sure, Kevin. We we you know we've been on a half hour, and we we've... there's what I'm saying, Tom is there there are models out there. We sure. know what works, but where, where we would know we... what works, and we just won't do it. Well, collectively, we won't do it. We can't get any any. I think the, the House of Representatives, their biggest problem. I mean, if I boy, I tell you what, if I was if I was zero, they wouldn't want me there. I'd, I'd be like I was on the on the board of Pullman. Or Pullman at, at CBOE, uh, I would sit down and I'd say, guys, here's our biggest problem. Maybe we'd have to, maybe I'd have to buy a few rounds at the local pub. So, guys, our biggest problem is we're not doing anything. We, we, we've been denutted. As uh, the, bureau, the bureaucrats are doing all the stuff, they're doing, they're making really all the all the policy decisions. We're not. We're not anything that goes on in this country. We don't do anything except stick our face on on TV. We haven't passed a law that made a, made, a, made a difference in this world in how many years? I mean, we've we got to get our act together. That's why the presidency, people are, are lobbing out executive's orders all over the place. We're not doing our job and, and, on any level, Kevin. I mean, I, I mean I, do you agree with that? Well, I, we're, I, I'd say we're, we're actually at the point where I'd rather they not pass any laws of any kind. Well, but I mean, a lot of stuff... Because but whatever they do is it's just screws things up more. Well, I mean, it's, that's the way it is, but I mean... They could fix. They're the ones that created this medical monstrosity. I mean, they, they don't. They could flat out say, "No, this law does not mean that you get to have twelve-tiered pricing in a hospital." The, the one that allows insurance companies to uh, 
have different rates depending on whether you're a smoker or not. That never applied to hospitals, and yet people have taken it. Supreme Court well, has different said rates depending on where you work, who you work for, what yeah. your plan. You know, all of that because that's you know none but of that. But that doesn't is. that doesn't extend to. I need an appendectomy. It's fifty grand, but a Blue Cross has the same appendectomy. It's ten. That that has nothing to. Congress never said that. And by the way, the Supreme Court, I think, shot it down twice, and these people still do it. There's no. When you talk about enforcement, there's no enforcement anywhere in any of this stuff. I mean, it's. But I, I guess I don't even know where to start. When, but I mean, the the the, the thing we don't want to lose is I'll use it. I'll call it the American experiment because no matter what, look at these other places. How bad they become is Venezuela. Is this guy ever going to get thrown out of there? Is there is there a chance this guy could lose in Turkey? I mean, I guess there is. It's pretty close. Yeah, to I, I, I don't know, but I, I will tell you this though: that could solve our immigration problems because all our people are going to want to leave and go to there. Uh, I don't know about that, but I, but but I mean, he, he's caused he's caused people to leave that area. I mean, he's not. I mean, he keeps messing with the Armenians. He, I mean, the guys, he, we'd be the world would be way better off if he was gone. And, and, a, and a democratic method would even be better, wouldn't it? Instead of throwing the guy out. I mean, I'd love to see this other guy win. Where I don't even know who the hell he is. I mean, this guy... But he won't, for the same reason that we're seeing it in a mild version in our own elections, but what we're... Uh, with the, the government meddling in it and, you know, government doing things... I, you know, I hate to use a Trump word, but it's, you know, it, it, rigging, rigging elections, certainly uh, certainly screwing with the outcomes. Uh, how, how's that for a technical well, term? Yeah. A technical election term. They're screwing with outcomes, uh, but the, you know they, they're they're getting involved. They're uh, um, in in inappropriate ways. I'm just trying to find a really nice way to say this, and I can't. Um, you know, they're, and, and we're getting screwed with that. Well, imagine if you really totally have the power. You have all of that power. Um, then you don't, you know, you don't have to do anything surreptitiously. You don't have to do things where you're trying to get away with it. You just go ahead and strong arm it. But so now that, do, but you, now, do you think there's going to be a fair election there? I don't. I, I wouldn't say that there would be. However, now that the other gentleman is, uh, if he is a gentleman, is so close, it wouldn't take much of a minor uprising of the people to get him over the top. He's pretty close. I mean, whatever, whatever the guy, whatever the guy, it must be so horrible over there. Better, you know, it's, by the way, it's uh, interesting. Well, let's talk about this after the break. SP Futures up 16, NASDAQ Futures up 33, right about where we were when we started. Be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. 
Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Allen. Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures up 15, Nasdaq Futures up 33. We're trying to make up for yesterday, although yesterday the Nasdaq was actually up a little bit. This is a review we had. Uh, we had, well, it was the futures were up. The actual Nasdaq was down. We look at the futures, but yesterday the Dow was down 336, S&P is down 26, Nasdaq down 22. But for most of the day, the Nasdaq was up, but everything else was down. So it's, I mean, it's a few stocks that are leading the charge here, and it's narrower and narrower. One of these days, either the market's going to start going up, or these stocks have to going down. Because I don't see it going much further. Of course, then again, I said that two months ago, so. I might be right, Greg, but I surely was early again, right? Just, just might saying. be right, might be wrong. Yeah, my, oh, but I'm definitely early, even if I'm right. Uh, anyway, the DAX up, said. yeah, oh yeah, the DAX up 68.4 percent, puts you down five. Uh, call that flat. Cac around down one. Call that flat. So Europe has been darn near flat for the last two days. If you're trading over there, you're, you're snoozing. Uh, Nikkei up to 50.8 percent. Hang Seng down 417. That's over two percent. Down to 19,560. Uh, not exactly sure why they are down that much, other than they like to go up and down that much. Shanghai was down six, call that flat. So not, kind of a mixed bag over there. Uh, Bonds down three basis points, 3.52, but they're above 3.5 uh, as we reach some you know highs here in some of these rates. Uh, the Bund up down four basis points, 2.30. Japan down 2.37. Oil. Up 46 cents, 71.32. Brent up 45 cents, 75.36. Natural gas up 3 cents, 2.40. Arbob up 2 cents, uh, 2.49. We've got gold down 150. It's under 2,000 now, 19.91. Silver down 3 cents, 23.85. Copper up 5 cents, 3.71. It's still very bizarre that this uh, gold and silver stay here with the inflation happening. And uh, it's even more bizarre that the gold miners, which I have a big position in, continues to drag the actual gold. It's like nobody believes that gold's going to step there somehow, but Bitcoin down 273, 26,713. It's down quite a bit from the 31,000 it was just a few weeks ago. And the U.S. dollar is uh, actually up a little bit again today. The, the pound uh, is 108, and the, uh, and the uh, I'm sorry, the euro is 108, and the pound is 124, so they're both down from their highs of a couple weeks ago. Greg, what do you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Good did, morning, everyone. Did, you survived the uh, pneumonia front. I survived the pneumonia front. It's uh, still cold, though. So Chicago, yes. 48 degrees, sunny today, high of 59, hopefully. 
Uh, winds northeast, 10 to 20 miles an hour. Phoenix, 78 right now, partly cloudy. High of 98 today, and again, we've got winds uh, 10 to 15 miles an hour. Traffic is inbound Kennedy, O'Hare to Interchange, about 44 minutes, 15 the other way. Inbound Edens, Lake Cook to the Interchange is 41 minutes, 21 the other way. Inbound 290 to Thorndale is 38 minutes and 24 going uh, outbound. Inbound Ryan from 95th to the interchange is 16 minutes, 10 the other way. And inbound Stevenson 294 um, to the Ryan 26 minutes. Sports we got Lakers beating the or Lakers losing to the Nuggets game one. Denver leads 1-0. Cubs lose to the Strohs 3-7. That's in Houston. Uh, White Sox beat the Guardians at home 8-3, and the Diamondbacks lose in extra innings to the at the uh, Athletics in 12 innings. That's all I got. Back what about the Irish losing in 11 innings to Northwestern up at Wrigley Field? Oh, missed that one. Uh, I'm glad I didn't go to that one, Kevin. Just saying. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a... Uh, hey, uh, what would it take for you two... Schmoes as representatives guys. of uh, you two's guys as representatives of uh, Stacks and Jacks to get some nice big flowery Stacks and Jacks t-shirt and get uh, courtside seats at the Laker game so when they introduce all the big shots and they come across the you two guys you'll be talking about Stacks and Jacks <laughs> you know I used to do that when uh, um, when I, I, I pitched in for a little while for because uh, you know I, I'm not a big fan of writing game stories um but when I when I did work for Irish Eyes, I, I made a little um, uh, something to put on the uh, um, the cover for my laptop. So when it was open, um, it said Irish Eyes best Notre Dame coverage on the internet. <laughs> and I would I would get into the uh, camera shots a lot with that. Um, Mike Frank, who owned the site, appreciated it greatly. Plus, you guys might go home with some some hot model or something. You might you might actually owe me. We do that anyway. Oh, all right. From the front row? Yeah. yeah, why do I need you for that? Well, you guys be hanging or sitting next to Jack Nicholson and all those guys? You know, it'd be cool. Yeah. You're going to spring for the seats? Um, maybe. It's, it's just advertising dollars. That's all, Tom. No big deal. That's true. So what? What? what is the the hotter spot? The Well, now that they're gone, uh, I'd say the next. Courtside at the Garden or, or courtside at the Forum? Oh, still the Forum. That's That's where all the beautiful people are. The New York one was pretty good there. Oh, yeah. well, it's New York. York. It, it's yeah. not. It's not going to be a slacker, but uh, but the the truly beautiful people are in Los Angeles. Uh, that's the truth. That is the truth. I mean, did I tell you guys I played uh, Madison Square Garden? As what? Uh, in the band. Really? Yeah. There also happened to be a basketball game, the biggest basketball going on, but you know. Oh, okay. So you were yeah, you were in the uh, the pep band pick <laughs> yep. pit. Yep, it was fun. Well, yeah, that's a nice place. May may not have been uh, lots of alcoholic beverage too. Well, for those that uh, uh, I know, that's hard to believe that the band would do such a thing. Yeah, because <laughs> no, that uh, musicians would don't drink. For those that so, uh, actually, uh, I am a little surprised you were drinking because you're musicians. Damn it, you got yeah. drug culture to uphold. We had the, uh, <laughs> you know the, the big bottles, the liter bottles of uh, Coca Cola that they they let us bring in i don't know i guess it was the same bottle that they were selling there so nobody said anything but it just happened to be half jack daniels <laughs> well you know yeah I, i'm sorry grabbed the wrong one off the shelf yeah don't really remember much of the second half but <laughs> for those that uh 
wonder about a place like Chicago and you see the United Center with a rapid transit line that goes right through the parking lot and there is no station so we can maintain the parking for the people there, the owners, and we can maintain as much traffic as possible. The garden is a totally different operation. The place, I don't know what it holds, 20-some thousand. Five minutes after the game, there's nobody there. It sits on top of, what, 12 train lines. Everybody goes downstairs, and they're gone. It is really an incredible example of what you can do in a city transportation-wise if you want to. Yeah, they're going to be, I think they're in trouble financially, though. Probably. Well, I mean, they've got a whole huge billion-dollar development or a couple billion-dollar development. They're considering. Uh, I think it has a lot to do with the air rights, but yeah, they're the air rights over the to, over the station. Yeah. Well, well, Boston Garden was over was the air rights over South Station, right? A lot of places. I mean, not a lot, but some some of the older places were like that. Anyway, to back back to Turkey, and this is what frosts the hell out of me whenever people talk about inflation here and. You're not supposed to talk about money supply. As a matter of fact, you're not even supposed to give it out anymore if you're if you're Biden's group. But here, if you look at Turkey, um, Turkey had 85% inflation last year. Okay, now they're do- allegedly down to 45 this year or something. And a, a guy like me, who's you know schooled in monetary theory, I look at let's see, what's the Turkish money supply right now? It's 95. God bless it. I can't even count. My eyes are so bad. My eyes are actually pretty good. Uh, there's got to be 10 zeros after this 95. 9 or 10. I, I could count them, I guess. However many... What, 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 is, what is this thing? The, uh, the Turkish... Is it the lira? The lira. But anyway, how many how many do you need for a Coke? About 1,000? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's like the lira was... Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's, that's the way it was. In, didn't they, in, in uh, Italy, just take two zeros off the back of the thing or something? Or three zeros? It got to be how many... 100 liras to the dollar, and they finally said, or it was like, you know, 10,000. They said, we'll just take two zeros off, whatever. Well, yeah, new, new rules. <laughs> yeah. New rules today. Well, at, at, the, at the beginning of uh, last of April 2022, wherever this is, uh, with the gazillion zeros after it, it's like 62. And now it's 95. Okay, so if you do the math, you're up. Where are you? That's that's thirty five. Uh, essentially, it's gone up thirty five percent. So that's seventy percent, something like that. And your inflation rate's eighty five. Duh. Pretty close. Yeah. So how close are we to that? Well, we're we're sort of the same thing. Our money, our money supply has gone up. We were up thirty five percent during the COVID, the two and a half years, and we claim we are. Just say ten percent is the same as eighty percent. No, no, no. I said was in our in our they they move up together. It's not. Yeah, you're you're just talking about the uh, the the numerical relationship. Yeah, I'm looking at the numerical. What I'm getting at, Greg, is that the it's not about the price of the car going from ten thousand to fifteen. It's about the dollar in your pocket dropping by fifty percent. And and until we have a population that, or even politicians that sort of understand that. They're they're going to get away with what they're doing. Just printing yeah, but money. There's a whole lot of globe that want dollars still. I, I I get it, but I'm saying if you look at these places individually, it if you look at the Turkish stock market in Turkish currency, the market had a huge rally. But in other people's currency, because the lira went down so much, it's not up at all. It's probably down. 
But with the dollar, here we're so, I'll say use the term arrogant, that we don't f- think of our dollar that way. Plus, if it's a coordinated deal between the European Central Bank, the Japanese Central Bank, and ours, then we can't even say, what do you mean the dollar's going down in value? It's, it's right there with the euro. But the euro's going down in value, too. So, I mean, the, the, it, it's really difficult to get, to get it into your head. It's not the price of cabbage that went up 10%. It's the price of the dollar went down 10%. And until enough people feel that way, these guys are going to get away with what they're doing. Because this guy, like you say, this guy might not even get thrown out of office. And he is the one when the when the guy who was the head of his uh, what is control of currency or wherever he is tried to raise interest rates to to cut back on his money supply increase. The guy fired him, right? Erdogan. But take, he, he may have. I don't know. Yeah, he kicked him out. Yeah, he kicked him out. But take this same chart. At least he didn't kill him. Oh, well, how do we know? <laughs> he's still alive. Maybe he's on the southern border trying to get in. <laughs> if, I, if I was him, I, I would think be. he would be a good Well, see, there's your refugee yes. status. There's yeah. your legitimate refugee status. Well, okay, what I'm saying is if you take this chart and you look at the Weimar Republic back in the 20s, if you look at Argentina in the last few years, you look at Venezuela, they, they always match up. Money supply goes flying up. The, dollar, the, the currency gets worthless. And prices fly up because, in, in terms of other goods, your money's money's worth nothing, or it gets less and less every day. And we're doing the same thing here to a smaller level. Would but you like an interesting of measure of inflation in the United States? Would I would I'd like would I like a straight one? Yeah. Well, here here's one that uh, that might catch your attention. I was at uh, Chamber of Commerce last night, uh, and uh, I was talking to the guy who runs the uh, food bank in South Bend. He said that their activity, their, you know, basically uh, resource, uh, use of uh, people coming through their place is up 50 per, 56% compared to last year. Um, 56%. Now, that's that's not necessarily a measure of unemployment. It's a measure of people who, it, 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 because they, they feel that there's a lot of people uh, who are going through there saying, I just need to supplement. I can't pay my grocery bills anymore, and I need to supplement it. Kevin, uh, you you know, I mean, there's, uh, it's it's a lot of people who are guests on the show. I think maybe without ever agreeing with me because they never want to straight up anyway. It's not only bad radio; it's just not the way we are. Uh, well, plus it's you, and I don't plus it's agree. me. Yeah, there's no question. Yeah, I don't want to agree with you. No, if I don't no, have would, to. No, why would you? Why would you have to? The only thing you agree with me on is like the Cubs lost last night. I mean, we can't we can't debate that one too much. I mean, they, they did lose. Yeah, they just ran out of time. Ran out of time. There you go. <laughs> but the. The whole, the whole, what we're moving towards, and, and Carl was the guy who brought this up years ago. He said, we got away with it once by essentially bringing the middle class down. The, the, the fallback position was one person couldn't carry the household anymore. We went to two. And now, like Nancy mentioned a few weeks ago, a lot of the people, if the guy or the lady is a CPA, they're not only both working, they're actually doing taxes from January to April. So somebody has another like half a job. Half a job. Is that a south side term? So we're, we're reaching a point here where what I, when I that's why I, I get so pissed off when I listen to these well, what I consider mopes on TV talking about, hey, look at the look at the, everybody's got a job. If you got a job, you're okay. If you're making 12 bucks an hour, sit down and shut up. I think the, the people now that, are, that are, are sinking into poverty are all working, Kevin. That's a that's a whole different program. That's what your guy is talking about. The the, the well, isn't uh, that a statistical kind of certainty? 
Yeah, well, it's that's, that's always been the case. Well, no, I mean, in, in when Kevin and I were young, well, if you've got enough money, then you're not going to be in poverty. Be, well, you're not going to be working. But what, what my point is is that in the city here, I believe the number of the food depository. Did you ask him what they're doing in Chicago, Kevin? Is no, what, he wouldn't know. Uh, I bet. I bet he. Knows oh, he, exactly. he might know, but I bet uh, he knows no, exactly. I did not ask. Well, when they, we had somebody on for the food depository. You know, Greg, that could be a job for you. Uh, the head of the food depository came on the show, and he was really good. At, this was five, six years ago. They're feeding 250,000 people a day in this area. I'm going to say a real lot of those people have, quote, a job. Wouldn't you think? I, no, ab- absolutely that's true. That, uh, and, and that therein is the problem, is that we, you know, we have, uh, now we have a, a lot of working poor, and that is not healthy. No. That is not a good thing, and and when you see it year over year this year, I you know look it's a hypothesis. I can't prove it yet, um, but it it would seem to me that if we're seeing a year over year change, it is tied to the uh, level of prices now uh, that we have, and that you just have people who can't who are having a hard time making ends meet. Well, and I'm not I'm not about to. This says is uh, Illinois, Northern Illinois Food Bank is seeing a 40% increase in need while the demand at the Chicago Food uh, Depo- Depository jumped 30%. This was from um, November 29, 22. So pretty close. Not that long ago. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we can feel really good about uh, the employment numbers if we want to. Um, but... You know, our, our people. You know, look, people are not keeping up. We can even say that the rate of inflation is falling, but people people can't are not catching up. No. So you know, you can you can do it at four percent now. We're already so damn high that piling another four percent on there, we may say that's good progress. No, it's not. It's you know because you're piling it on top of something that was already unmanageable for most people. Kevin, what'd you think of my uh, explanation to uh, one of the ladies who? Uh Listens to the show from Ohio. I, I've, I've used it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it? You hear this, Greg? Go, or you're still a big fatso. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's sort of our our people here cannot deal with this price level, Kevin. It's not if we stopped inflation in its in its tracks today, it's still a problem. It's a problem until prices go down. And or everybody gets a and, 30% and in raise. General, and in general, that's not happening. So now the other op- option is for real wages to catch up, and that's an option. That could really happen. It's going to take how many years? Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, you know, are, we, are we looking at 10 years for it if we stop inflation and, 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 don't, and, and, and there's no more increases? It's going to take that long to catch up, you and that's not, it it's not okay. Gaining weight, right, Chief? Yeah, you, know, you went from two hundred pounds to three hundred pounds. You stopped gaining weight, but you're still a big fat. So yes, well, yeah, and and I think the way Tom said it is, it's something like you know, you start eating ten thousand calories a day, which is the spending side of the equation on, uh, for yeah. government. So you you do ten thousand calories a day for a year, you're going to gain a ton of weight. Oh, let me cut back to eight thousand. <laughs> you know, you're still you're still gaining weight. Well, that's I matter of fact, I ran into. I'm always. Somehow I'm always trying to do research for the show, so I, w- I was couldn't wait to run into my buddy Butcher Restaurant Al. Uh, he's a likes to he has classes in butchering stuff, and uh, he's one of these shooter blaster guys. So he's always a uh, he's been on the show a couple times. He knows ins and outs of the restaurant business like there's no you know he's been in his whole life. 
And uh, so he he goes on all these trips where they always try and hunt for turkeys, right? And uh, so when you go down to Ogden Dunes like I was last weekend, the first thing I see is this turkey walk right in front of the car. <laughs> They're all over the place down there. The first thing I thought can't is... They, can't they fly? Uh, for small distances, enough to get away from yeah. something. As God is my witness. Well, for a small... But, I mean, you could open up the back door and he'd have hopped in, let alone having to, you know, spend three days out in the, out in the field trying to find one of these guys because they're pretty elusive if, if you're looking for them. But if, if they're not afraid, they walk right in front of you. Anyway, but so, because they're not afraid of anything. They really don't have a... I, I was surprised. Turkeys really don't have an enemy because you don't want to get in the way of that beak. And, by the way, they can fly enough to get out of, out of, the, out of the way. Anyway, so, so I run into him and I asked him about how one of his former restaurants he's not involved with anymore. I said, Al, I'm getting this feeling that the the restaurants that have survived COVID, and a lot of them have shut down, obviously, didn't make it, uh, that with the amount of people in some of these areas that have seemingly endless money, that they're doing real well. He goes, their numbers go up every month. They keep raising prices, nobody cares, and, and, they, and the, the place is packed. Yet, if you go down the chain to, I mean, what... I would say that there's probably five restaurants in the area that aren't there anymore. I mean, it, it is an amazing discontinuity. Wouldn't you say, I mean, Greg, you're sort of in that business, that the places that have survived, that have people, their prices are, you know, are up 40%, maybe more, and I think they're doing real well if you've got one of those places. If you don't, I think you're just screwed. Yeah, if you're a good operator, you're trying to maintain margins. If, if prices do go up, I mean, that's that's better nominally for you, so you can... You can tame it a little bit, so. But I think if you're if you're in, you're in right now, and no matter what. But, I mean, if but you're that's always the case. So. Well, yeah, but I'm saying the competition. I mean, how many places in this loop area? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean obviously a lot of people called it quits. They didn't even want to try. They didn't even want to try. Yeah. Not well, worth it. Well, I mean, we're we're talking about an area that's it's very unusual. Lots I mean, of it, time and energy in 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 something with diminishing returns. Yes, yeah. they'd rather say well. Go to the suburbs or just close. Well, but the places like around that, you guys have, well, the real place in a building that used to have a million people trading on the floor, but maybe the places around the corner here, I mean, it, there were so many people in this part of the loop that at one time you could make a living. Location, location, Yeah, out, location. Of, out of essentially lunches and being, I mean, if you had a taco joint, taco joint, how's that for a south side term? Uh, if you had a taco joint here, you could be open for lunch close at 3.30 and not be open on weekends and make a living. That that ship has sailed. There's no way you're doing that, right? Yeah. Anyway, so... But no, Kevin, you got to be I, like everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> that, but I, I, I think that, that a huge section... And you know, it's funny. Um, I, I debated Carl about this. Because uh, he... I think the people who are making... Uh, I won't say worse, but the, the people that are... The, the couple that between the two of them are making... You know, two twenty-five, two forty a year, living in the nicer home, with a couple of nice cars, paying for the kids to go to school. I think they're they're as stretched on percentage basis as the person making a lot less. Because I mean, we go to somebody's one of the, somebody's car clunks out. You're gonna go get. You're gonna pay sixty grand for a new one. I don't care how much money you're making. That's a lot of dough. Or, or if somebody's transmission goes out, like happened to, to uh, poor Dan Janitas. I think he paid like fifteen grand for his new Mercedes transmission or some number. Yikes! Yeah, I mean th- that's why we're wondering about her car. They have, they've that's got why to buy a Toyota. I told you, Greg, that the guy has uh, uh, what do you call it? a uh, 
That's why you get a bulletproof truck. Well, speaking of Toyota, my, my buddy uh, Scott Benjaminson, who's been on the air with us, he's the guy who was, he was Rudy's brother in uh, Rudy. Oh, okay. Rudy. Uh, his father-in-law buys a new, uh, what's the big honking Toyota, almost as big as my Suburban, the Sequoia? Sequoia? Well, somebody, somebody uh, snag, snags the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, what does everybody stealing, the uh, converter, catalytic converter. Well, to get one from Japan, six weeks, and I think they wanted three grand for it, or 2500 So it's the thing sat at the dealer for six weeks, because you can't drive it without you ruin the engine. <clears throat> so it sat at the dealer for six weeks, and the guy had to pony up 2500 bucks. There, there's actually now in these dealers, there's guys that finance the repairs. Is, is that a, a step of progress? <clears throat> I'm thinking no. I mean, yeah, uh, pay, well, and, and they're financing repairs. What if you have a used car that is going to need repairs on a periodic basis? Well, that's when you you better have a guy that actually works and will charge you a real price. But if you don't have a guy, that's why you know. I, I mean, I'm not gonna. They're not exactly a sponsor, but if you if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a vehicle you get old with, it better be a Chevy or maybe even a Ford truck because everybody makes the parts and it's still legit. God, God help you if you've got something that, that you got to go to Japan or someplace or, or Germany for the part. Yeah, or South Korea or wherever. Yeah, or wherever. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't, this, uh, it, it's kind of crazy. So, Kevin, we've outlined a whole bunch of problems here. I don't know if we got any solutions. What do you think? When we come back. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, after after the break, oh, the, uh, you and Russell can work it out. Well, well, you know what? He's a professor. Well, so are you. So, so am I. So are you, yeah. You, you forgot that, huh? No, no. You're, but he's a, are you a fit? Are you a PhD? No. You're not Nor am I going to be. No, why not? Maybe, tw- maybe 20 years ago, if I were in this business, I would I would do it. But hell no, not now. Why can't you go get an honorary degree somewhere? Well, I, I could do that. Well, how much one of those cost? Um, <laughs> big contribution, I'm sure. <laughs> Here's Kevin. He's getting his honorary degree. Why? What did he do? You'd be like Rodney. You gave us thirty mil <laughs> or something. Oh uh, man, <laughs> God. S&P futures up fifteen. Nasdaq futures up thirty-one. Thank you, Kevin. Talk at you Friday. Be right back, Professor Russell Rhodes. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. 
Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by. Oh, right back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm talking about Greg Pappas on the board. Sorry about that, everyone. No problem. You know, you know it's, uh, it's fine. Uh, you just didn't want to hear Matt Weber? I don't know what that was. It was a little surprise here. That was Matt Weber. Yeah. You don't want to hear, you don't want to hear that guy. <laughs> he, uh, Matt, he was in yesterday. He's our, our sports guru. Um, we do miss him on the sports side of the show because Matt, he knows an awful lot about all that stuff. Do we have the professor? I, I, I miss Matt fact-checking me and, and reminding me how old I am. Yeah, well, you uh, and, and speaking of facts, you remember my my the Russell Rhodes inflation gauge used to be my McDonald's breakfast. Yep. You know when I before I got beat up in front of Loyola, and decided not to go down there anymore. Um, it's uh, since I since I left Loyola, it's up about sixty percent now. Yeah, it's uh with taxes and everything else, it's a little over eight bucks. Um. It was. It had a four handle when I first started working at Loyola in 2017, so it's almost doubled. But I think it's up around 80, 90 percent. Uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, there, there was a a young dude who used to do this show 15 years ago when all this kind of started. Russell, you started seeing mm-hmm. the, the combinations and the less competition and all this kind of stuff. And I said, you know, it's all we need is for the Walmart of the, the world, and I'm not necessarily accusing them individually, but because they're actually more competitive than some areas, I think, because that area is still somewhat competitive. Uh, all we need is for this concentration to keep going, 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 and then something bad happen, and these guys just ratchet up the prices. You, you will, you will eviscerate your po- population, and we're, no. we're we're right on sort of the road to that. What I don't know if you were listening earlier. Uh, and you, you know what's funny about McDonald's, um, and, and they they did it in a real subtle way. But they basically everywhere any any fast food location in the loop, they took it over. Yeah, yeah. You know I, the the Wendy's that I used to go to turned into a McDonald's. Now it's shuttered. But um, yeah, that that was one of their competitive things. So you do that, and if you're looking for fast food in the in the loop, you know, that that was pretty much the only name brand choice you had. Yeah, I don't see any Wendy's or anybody yeah. down here anymore. Oh no, no. That's a, used to be right there um, at the uh, gosh, Kitty Corner. I never say that right to the Sears Tower, but um, you know, it's not there. No Wendy's there, and actually, I guess no Sears Tower anymore. Well, not because they blowed it up, but you, because you keep it's uh, Willis now. Why? Why does? Uh, is it just management? I mean, there's some people. <laughs> here's here's a uh, how's this for a survey of uh, of one? One day I was a. Uh, was out in Vegas, right? Because I had to doing some speaking for the CBOE, so I didn't have everybody out there to hang around with or anything like that. So I'm taking an early flight home on, on a Sunday morning. So of course I get to the airport and everybody, everybody but me is pretty much a zombie. <laughs> you can, yeah. <laughs> so the the McDonald's and the Burger King open up at like the exact same time at eight o'clock at the Vegas airport. So yeah. As soon as they both open, you see these people kind of look just like the. Uh, what was the the movie the, uh, the Walking Dead where the guys came out of the they, they, they start to amble up over yeah, towards yeah they're well, all zombies yeah what was the name of that what the hell was that movie the, the, well the TV show that was there's Night of the Living Dead and the yeah that was TV one shows Walking Dead I remember watching that with my mother and I was I was behind the sofa I couldn't believe what these guys were <laughs> and, and she she and my younger brother loved these scary movies they used to watch uh, 
well, maybe before your time, there was something called Shack Theater on Saturday night at 12 o'clock. They'd have some mm-hmm. couple of scary movies in at 1 o'clock. They'd, they'd play the national anthem and the, the TV would go off. <laughs> this was, you know, was, <laughs> this was like in the 50s. Anyway, um, yeah. so these guys get up like they're a bunch of zombies, guys and ladies, and I'm going to say 90% of them went to the Burger King instead of the McDonald's. Huh. And uh, I'm sitting there thinking, it must be greasier. It must be better for a hangover or something. <laughs> but yeah. It was an amazing, yet if you're out and about... I sort of challenge you to go to the Burger King versus McDonald's. The McDonald's are cleaner. They're well run. The drive-through is actually a drive-through. The last two times, yeah. and uh, I go to a uh, chiropractor once in a while on the south side, and I stop at the Burger King, and two weeks apart, I said, "I need a large coffee." Uh, we don't have any large coffees. We don't have the large cups. So two weeks later, I said to the guy, "You still don't have any large cups? Can't you go out and buy some?" The guy said, mm-hmm. "He goes, no, that would be a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, st- that would work for you. Yeah, how do you still not have any large cups two weeks later? I mean, I mean, and we're talking on Lagrange Road, a real high high traffic location. I mean, the bathrooms mm-hmm. are always dirtier. I mean, it's there's no comparison between how they run the two places. It might. Yeah, you know that is very much of a Chicago phenomena. You know. Well, I'm just because you because you never because you never know. Because the corporate headquarters is here for people that don't don't know what I'm yeah. trying to say behind that one. I mean, I, I live in a neighborhood. I, one of our one of our neighbors, um, uh, one of our our kids' friends' mom, actually somebody that would be considered a friend of my of my wife. Uh, one of their jobs was picking all the toys for the for the uh, Happy Meals. Okay, well, anybody who does, that, yeah, that, it, it, and you know, pretty high up at McDonald's, you know, and um, we, These... we would you know. The neighborhood would get to see some of the toys that didn't make it into the the Happy Meals, et cetera. But the point is, um, a lot of upper management. You know, you don't know if the CEO's coming into your McDonald's. Well, when it's very possible. Well, so, when you're that big, well, what's his name? Uh, who the hell? That's Ray, a franchise. Yeah, Ray Crack. The franchise. Yeah. The, they're much more stringent about who they select. Yeah. And they're much yeah. more stringent oh, yeah. about when they're actually allowed to uh, change things and how they how they change things. So, well, Ray Crack mm-hmm. was was absolutely famous for when he inspected a McDonald's. He would do them himself. He'd walk in, he wouldn't even wave, he'd head right for the ladies' room. <laughs> Knock on the door. If the bathroom yeah. wasn't spotless, talk about reaming somebody a new one. It was like, because they used to, I mean, when we, I've said this before, when we used to go on vacation, we'd go, we went a couple of years to, a, well, a bunch of years up to, to a log, Door County, and, uh, one year we went down to French Lick before it became a hot spot again. That was that was a trip. Talk about going to the deep south. Uh, mm-hmm. The golf course down there that now is one of the best in the country. I played that thing. It was like no grass on it. It was the worst golf course I ever played. It was at the French Lick. <laughs> you know, play the, the place. It used to be a big gambling mecca. And there actually is was a, a casino down there. If you, you got on, you got on the train in the Monon line. I think it was a mountain line at 63rd and Wallace. And you were down there in like four and a half hours on a Friday, and you came back on Sunday, and it was gambling down in whatever county that is down there, in forever French Lake. And one of the casinos had a a rounded, what do you want to call it, a, what do you call it, a, a ceiling like the Astrodome or something. A, a, it's like a spherical, it's, it's a big area. And dome. Well, but it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge non-supported roof, basically, right? Well, the biggest one okay. ever until they built the Astrodome was in French Lake. <laughs> and and when you went down there, you toured the place. It had been closed forever. 
and they, they gave you tours and the floor was like heaving up so you had to be careful where you walk and, and they're letting you walk on it for some reason and that, that place is now they totally redid the whole place kept the dome and it's one of the it's it's now a, a tourist mecca down there of all, of all anyway but wherever we went my mom is like I don't care where we stop for lunch but there better be a bathroom that's clean for me and as soon as oh, Mc, that's, and as yeah. soon as McDonald's no matter where you are in the country, you can pile into the place. And I'm not, you know, I'm not pushing for them or anything. But wherever you are, you get the same, I'll say crap, or whatever you like it or don't like it. At least it's uniform. The place is clean. The, the people are friendly, and they do a good job. And they make a lot of dough. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, the, uh, just, anyway, um, I, that's, uh, you know, sort of the, the drill. And, uh, you know, and, and they have the ability to raise prices like nobody. I mean, they went, what was it a couple of years ago? Your coffee was a buck, right, Greg? Everything was a buck. All the um, drinks, and now they're you can still get stuff cheap. I mean, but you have to go through the app. They're trying to push that. Okay. Meaning, if you buy something, they'll give you a deal on the next thing, or so. It's effectively just a, you know, discount. But, but it's it if you, if you take your family. I mean, uh, what uh, what's his name? What's his name? Professor Hal was saying he took his. His family of five to the McDonald's in Manhattan, and how much it cost him for lunch it was like, oh, bucks. yeah. I mean, it was like, uh, I didn't realize that the uh, the subway uh, they don't give any break to kids unless they're under a certain height or something or other. He said, if you take the, the five families, you take the mother and a lot of the six people go to Manhattan in the subway. It's it's not an easy trip either. It's oh like, gosh, no. It's yeah. uh, everything so, costs something, doesn't it? So what what are you, we were talking earlier with Kevin, and let's you know some of the stuff we didn't drive all the way to the ground, but what do you suppose, I mean, if if the city he said he was at a, a shindig last night, Chamber of Commerce, he was talking to uh, the guy who was the head of, uh, what do you say was, Greg, the head of uh, one of the food essentially the food programs. depository in South Bend or something, and now they're up 40% this year so far, people coming in there. What do you suppose, I won't say the city, well, I will, the, the city, if like your food depository and Catholic charities and Ukrainian charities and all these places if they all of a sudden shut down, oh my God! What do you what do you suppose the, the, the for the city to pick that up? What do you suppose that's worth? Because first of all, they're they're amazingly well run, uh, especially mm-hmm. the food depository. Um, what is it? Ninety five percent of what you give them ends up with somebody. I mean, it's not like they're stealing it. Um, it's huge. Yeah. You know, why is the number twenty five thousand sticking in my head? Was that one of the the or no, it was up twenty five percent. Yeah. Oh, so I, what I was going to do is I was going to say, how many people do you think they're feeding each day? I'm going to say um, two hundred seventy thousand. How many? Two hundred seventy thousand a day they teach. They feed. Oh, uh, let's let's keep it easy at two fifty. Okay. Um, let's just say you know I know everything's getting donated to them, but um, well you know what even let's just say that that it cost them a dollar for each meal, you know that, that just to make it super cheap. Yeah. Uh, it, so that's a half meal a day if they do two two meals a day. Yep. Um, and so what does that come to? Uh, three hundred sixty-five days divided by two. Um, one hundred eighty. That's one hundred eighty. That's one hundred eighty million dollars. Yeah. That that that's like two aldermen's staffs. Yep. So all we got to do is c- consolidate a couple of wards, and we can cover it, right? Well, we were <laughs> we, we we talked a lot. I mean, it's, uh, well, I like to go over that, these. That's that's all the no-show jobs in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like to talk about go. some of this stuff with Kevin and then run it over with you. Is a little uh, bit of a different point of view, but not so much. You guys are both sort of professors, and we were just talking about why our inability to solve some of these problems because 
the people who are um, involved seeming like they're, they're there's not even I don't know I don't know how you you you're going to get an insider trading law out of a group of people that, that trade all day on insider trades <laughs> insider I mean how do you I mean I, I mean I, the ability the thing that caught my ear was this uh, uh, she sounded young uh, she must be a first term congresswoman from somewhere down south she sounded like she was black uh, very articulate but had a little bit of an accent and uh, she was talking about before we do anything we have to learn to clean up our own mess meaning we got to throw yeah. this we got to throw this guy out of Congress the guy who just got indicted because he's got no business being here and uh yeah he really doesn't no um she says we can't even do that how we how we how are we yeah. gonna be a moral force for anything else we can't even clean up our own place i mean I, oh god have you ever you ever seen the stats on on the number of, of duis and other crap just out of the members of congress if they got somebody driving them around how do you get a dui it's beforehand. The incidences yeah. are like three times the of what the population. <laughs> really? So yeah. It, no, it's it's, it's just a, they're they're, you know, it. it I I guy I, I I could get just so fired up on on I wonder, the quality you, of person a, that we have in conference. But you know what? It's our own fault. But how do you it's, get a DUI? It's, it's our own fault because you know, and and I say our it's a collective we. Um, we're the ones that put them there. You know, it, we we. You know there are things that we could do about that. We could, you know, try to try to find somebody that we think's a good guy and help promote them to try and get elected, but or just try to point out the uh, the negative aspects of the per- person that's representing us right now. Um, problem is, uh, most of us are too busy with a whole bunch of other stuff to try to spend the time to do that, and maybe that's by design. You know, maybe maybe you know the whole maybe. The whole conspiracy here is, you know, if you are, you got to be a, you know, a two and a half income family just to get by. If you're too worried about figuring out how you're going to pay the electric bill, you're not overly, you know, you don't have the extra time to go out there and support somebody different for Congress, et cetera. Hell, you probably don't even have a chance to go vote. Well, you're going to be shocked when I tell you that I'm actually in the process of cleaning my uh, office here. No. Yes. Really? Did the fire did fire chief come by and see you? Um, and say fire hazard? No, but they put new windows in, and I had to get all my stuff out of here for them to... Oh, okay. So while they're doing that, I might as well just, before I bring it back in, I'm uh, culling the herd a little bit. So, Okay. But somewhere in there, there's a piece of paper where somebody write, wrote an article regarding why people are so much left or right now. And it's exactly... The guy must be a professor. It's almost exactly what you said said that people have figured out that your vote isn't really I mean it, everybody's vote is worth something so there's there's a there's a you know there's a positive to that but uh-huh. your your own vote isn't worth a squat basically one vote I mean we the, I mean, the math is just right in front of your face uh, yeah uh, so for somebody who has a real life <laughs> that I mean, I do, but my job for other people is to watch all this stuff so they don't have to, right, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, means I'm supposed to know what's going on because I'm handling their money, and that's what they pay me for, as, as the commercial says. Uh, so the it says basically what people do then is they, they don't look at every issue and run it to ground their own way. They don't, they don't, they don't they're not, I won't use the term in the middle, they don't, an issue drops on their on their desk. They don't read it, or or on their bedstand or whatever. 
They don't read it and say, here's where I am on this one. You end up aligning yourself with one group or the other. Mm-hmm. And, and you let the group essentially do your group think for you. So if you think you're conservative, whatever that side wants, you roll with it. You can almost, and, or if you're, if you're liberal in some ways or whatever, if you're, I don't know even how you define a liberal these days because I used to be one, and I'm sure as hell not today's definition. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Roosevelt would be either. Neither would Paul Simon or anybody. I don't wonder where you where, where you put us. But there was certainly I don't think. Well, Kevin Reardon used to do the show. He goes, "I'm a moderate Republican. I don't have a home either, right?" So, yeah. I mean, so anyway, you end up picking one side or the other, and whatever whatever the one side goes, you roll with it because you've essentially said they're going to do my thinking for me and on these issues because I don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's almost exactly yeah. what you said. You, and you think, you, you know, this, this past, the, the Democrats really were able to kind of hang their hat on the midterms because they, cause it wasn't a complete wipeout toward them. And do you only think maybe it wasn't a, only it Republicans wasn't a total wipeout it up toward so them bad. because of what we're talking yeah. about right now? Yep. You know? Well, it's it, also, it's, the Republicans did about as bad a job of campaigning as I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, you Well, know, I, you know... I, I feel like you know the 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 Trump oriented the people that Trump endorsed. Uh, I, I I I feel like the Republican Party doesn't really want to get a bunch of Trumpers into to either House of Congress, so they probably just didn't make a whole lot of an effort to uh, you know support Doctor Oz, for instance. Well, why would you? You know, the, or, or Herschel Hers- Hers- Walker. Yeah. Yeah, no, or Herschel Walker, or um, uh, what's her name out in Arizona, Carrie Lake. Yeah. Is that right? I'm really bad with names, but um, you know, or any of the any of those kind of people. They, I I almost feel like the the Republican Party shot themselves in the foot by not going, you know, all in on those three those three people who probably were um, had a legitimate shot at winning, but probably didn't get the normal support that you would get out of the party. Well, the guy in because the party, in thought, party probably thought they could take the take the Senate without him. Well, the, the guy in, in, in Pennsylvania, he lost to some guy that God, who, who could have lost to the guy other than him? I mean, the guy. Oh, I know. I, I didn't really. I didn't want to pick on that poor guy, but oh my gosh, he's just you know he's like a, a he's he, he's kind of a shell of a human being. Yeah. He, he really he really should be at home and be taken care of. He shouldn't be going to work. Well, neither should Diane Feinstein. Brilliant lady, but she's over. Absolutely, the... yeah. But her, t- you know, her time's up. She um, was one of the. And, and but but God, that's just got to be very difficult to give up. Well, sure, you know? it's a. But I mean, yeah. you you. Uh, she was. I mean, even the people who don't like her politics. I think way back in the day, at a very young age, she was sort of like. I'm not a real fan, but she was sort of like Chicago's Mike Quigley. In the sense that. When when Mike got to Congress, people realized Mike was a is a real smart guy, and mm-hmm. and, I, and I think, on a relative scale, a very honest guy, and he was yeah. on, he got on some of the, the double secret committees, very young because people knew, he was somewhat special, and I think mm-hmm. I think she was the same way, when she was younger, she was very early on I think I mean you know, I'm not a Congress historian but. She was very early. What are the committees, the, the ones that they, they have to run, like, the uh, CIA acts and stuff through? There's, like, six people in the House and six people in the Senate. Oh, yeah. No, the you know select intelligence yeah, committee I mean, or something the, like that, the, where the, they, they have closed-door meetings that yeah. 
that yeah, nobody gets it, in to see. Mike Mike Murphy can yeah. tell us all about those because he's he's presented to some of those. He's they're not even in the chambers; they're down in the basement, and uh, everybody gets their pieces of paper and a piece of paper got to come out. Maybe Mike will will call in on Friday or something and talk about that. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. you don't you don't get on those committees if you're if you're not special, right? I don't think. I mean, even in, even at Den of Thieves, there's enough. I think there's there's enough. Uh, Patriotism to not put a dummy in there. I think. I hope. I think or I hope. Which do I do? Or both? Mm-hmm. Which is well, let's, uh, let's just let's just hope. Uh, yeah. Hope is all we have. Um, but I mean, those those we, people we, are. We need we need a new president that will give us hope. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I you know I, I was saying I listened to uh, Nikki. I mean, I've never been you know I've never been a politician other than running for the Cebo board, but that was easy. I had an organization and whatever. Uh, so I listened to Nikki Haley, and she, t- she started, she'd make a really good point about we need to do this and we need to solve these issues and blah, blah, blah. Then she'd say, well, you know, we're going to have another 9-11 and these people coming across the border. I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is there anybody there that could pilot a plane? I, you know, maybe. Yeah. But I wouldn't. Somehow you have to constantly appeal. In uh, your, your buddy, Slick Willie, from, <laughs> from what I understand, he was, he may not have been the first because other people probably did it. Uh, just by seat of their pants, wasn't he the first to actually have focus groups before he gave a speech as to what people wanted to hear, and he would tell them what they wanted to hear? I I don't know, but he I, I have a funny I I would not be the least bit surprised. They all should. Yeah, well, I think I think they do. Yeah. And he and he really did try to, um, he he really did appeal to the middle some. Well, yeah, sure he, did. he he put some things in place that were extremely unpopular, uh, things that that. You know, you would totally think you know a diehard MAGA Republican would put in now, such as um, welfare ran out. You know, if you were able-bodied, your welfare would run out yep. at a certain point, and you had to go get a job. Heaven well, he forbid. had the, he had the ability. You know? and part of it is, I mean, I don't think you're you're too deep of a thinker, and I think so am I. I would have a real problem, whichever side I was on, going and getting a check from either some crazy liberal or crazy guy on the other side getting a check basically telling them I'm going to do everything they want and leaving the house and saying I'm not going to do anything I told this guy (laughs) but but Clinton I mean look at the difference between him and Bush I mean Bush got money from all these people he got in there and he did exactly what they wanted him to do he cut taxes Uh he started a war and cut taxes right which is which is the root of really our inflation problem today isn't it Uh mm-hmm by putting the Iraq war on a credit card that we're still expanding on. I mean, yeah. he, he, if he would have told his guys, if you want me to go to war in Iraq, I will. But by the way, there's a 15% surtax on everybody's income tax this year. We wouldn't have gone to war, I don't think, would we? No, we would never go to war if that's what it took. Yeah, and I, I was listening. No, it would, well, I shouldn't say that. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, if Canada was coming after us or Mexico was coming after us, et cetera, uh, we probably would be willing to do, you know, where they're, you know, can physically start getting to us. Uh, that's that's one of the issues is that we have such a nice buffer relative to the rest of the world. You know, it's like we don't have any bad neighbors. We don't have any bad. We we yeah. you know, we we're in a neighborhood where we don't really have a bad neighbor or. Well, Mexico um, if is because if we want to if we want to play our music at top volume all night long, there's nothing our neighbors can do about it. Uh, you're describing the girl downstairs to me. Really? Yeah. Uh, the one who who can't pay you because you don't have a, a, a smartphone? Yeah. 
So anyway, but I, my, my uh, <laughs> what I had, I had some. What do you suppose would happen if, I mean, these these two, whatever they are, McCarthy and and uh, Biden sitting in the room? I mean, I, I'm surprised that these guys, at that level, they they can't ever give a zinger to the other side. The, the respect that's paid back and forth to the money behind the people, I really can't. I can't. I, mean, if, if I would have to be. I'd be. For, I'd be such an ass. They wouldn't want me in there. Uh-huh. I could see myself sitting in Biden's spot, and McCarthy, you know, going on some long thing about how compromise and this and that, and we're going to do this and everything. And uh, I'd love to see Biden say something real simple, like, you know, what's McCarthy's first name? Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. You know, Kevin, or Mr. McCarthy. I'd say that. I'll tell you what. You know, you guys have a lot of right things you're saying. And uh, not right on, on the right, but correct things you're saying. And I'm going to say that these two bills that that I, you know, essentially jammed through on infrastructure and whatever the other one was, I've, I've been reading those things over and over in my spare time. And I think there's probably $300 billion that we could cut out of these bills that probably is a little excess. And you know what? You guys, when you were in power... You jammed through a tax decrease for corporations that none of that that you said was going to come from it, none of it has come true whatsoever, that our tax uh-huh. our receipts have actually gone up. How about we do this? I'll pull $400 billion out of these bills we just put through that you're basically ragging about, and you go along with raising the corporate tax rate from 21 to 25. That guy would go white in that seat. He uh-huh. would go white in that seat. He would sit, he'd say... The, the the look the look on, on on TV would go viral for the next thirty years. The look the guy would give the president, because that that really yeah. that really is the deal, isn't it? Both it is the deal, but the the the, the problem with that one is um, the the bases of each party have moved so far in the opposite direction that giving in on anything would basically be but, political suicide. But we, we are... And, and what, if, if they give up... Mark my words. If they give up... If, if the Democrats give up some spending and appear to cave in on this thing, that's going to be the reason that... And, and I'm doing air quotes, which I, I, I hate when people do that. But that's going to be the reason that Biden didn't get reelected. Because he caved on spending... Just like the first Bush caved on taxes, but he and and I think they see that and they they just can't figure out a way. You know, I, and I and I don't when I when I say they, I don't think Biden sees it that way. I really do feel like Biden's about as much of a puppet oh, sure as is. Reagan was in his last couple of years. And unfortunately, and it was a lot of you know diehard warhawk kind of people controlling um, Reagan. Um, it it is it is not a center left group that that's really uh, in Biden's ear. I think he and, has an out though, and I Russell. think and I think his wife is one of those people as well. Oh yeah, I think he's got an I think he's got an out. And when I say that the out is, the, the things that they passed were so caved with dough, and they yeah. and, and they and actually thought COVID was going to last a lot longer than it did. Thank God it didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there's money there that they're never going to spend anyway. So he could, he could couch it in yeah. such a term. He could say, you know, when you guys put this tax thing through, this tax decrease through, you promised an awful lot of stuff. None of it's come to fruition. And when uh-huh. we put this COVID or infrastructure bill, whichever one you want to attack first, 
I've read a bunch of places, uh, Russell, that that there's that there's really three four hundred billion in there, maybe not that much, that's never going to be spent. It just was it was an overestimate of even the mm-hmm. PPP and the other stuff. He could say, in these bills, uh, there really is money that was over apportioned. I could pull three hundred million out of here, and that really hurt anybody, and that really hurt any program, which I really think he can, because it's not being yeah. spent anyway. And I'll, in return for that, you guys cut back on the bill you did when you were in office because this tax thing isn't working anyway and, and run the corporations up from 21 to 24. I think everybody's on board with that. Everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean... No, they could. They could and, and it's very logical, but the you for a good portion of his base, Biden's base, you're not going to get past the, um, you know, the... the past reducing that number. Well, there's some Period. some people We're, some people would say if there's 100 billion left, give it to me, I'll find a way to spend it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, right. And uh, well, I, I you know, I I while you were talking, I think I came up with a way that Biden could get around it. Uh and and save his save face for the base. Woohoo. Yep. You think that's it? Oh, there's a line. That's uh you think that's a yeah, you think I that's think a that's, slogan they have in I, one of the little war rooms? I think we got to go save face for the base. Greg, I think you've got the the uh, title for today's show. <laughs> I love that one. Save, but here's the base. How, here, save face <laughs> for the me, base. I'm I'm, fra- I'm cracking myself up over here. Um, so, but the way he could say base face for the base is he could say, okay, for every dollar reduction in social spending, I want one out of military. Uh, he's never going to do that. Not when we got. Not when we were. He's the one who's sending money you know, to Ukraine. They, 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 in reality, I'll guarantee you that there's 300 million they could, you know, that they like. It doesn't even have to be 300 million. It may, maybe it's just 100 million on each side. You know, that's 100 yeah. missiles. Yeah, well. You know what I, I mean? Well, let's it, continue it, this after break. He, but could, he could do that. Man, I, I just solved it. You did. Go to break. That's the future's down 10 days. <laughs> well, that's what professors are for. The guy in Gilligan's Island I always solved everything. It. Send me to Washington. Mr. Rhodes goes to Washington. Now, the question is, did he ever have a thing with Ginger and Marianne, the professor? Oh, Marianne. Yeah, me too. I'm a Marianne guy. I'm Marianne. A, Greg is probably a Ginger guy, I'm guessing. <laughs> he likes the girls with money. That's the way he is. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. 
We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim Ohio. Greg Pappas on the board. Uh, S&P futures up 11. NASDAQ futures up 14. We were up a hell of a lot more earlier, and we're not now. A uh, little piece of news here. Uh, what do you think of this, Greg? Uh, says here, a uh, Lake Geneva estate going on the market at 35 mil, uh, built 12 decades ago. Isn't that 120 years ago, I would think? By the namesakes of the Drake family, it's been extensively updated and expanded. Rumor has it that... Uh, Professor Russell Rhodes will be one of the uh, one of the one of the guys that are trying to buy it. Well, I, I hope think. we're invited. One would th- yeah, he would he would invite us. I was just kicking that around during the break with my wife. I'll get back to you. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that he would. Uh, I, I, does that come with a nice boathouse? We'd have to get. Yeah, you have to get a hacker craft. Those things are gorgeous. I don't, if I'm really driven around Lake Lake Geneva, I want to be in a hacker craft. Sea Ray or, or bust. Hacker crafts are much nicer. The old big the, the wood ones. We'd look, we'd look we'd look way cooler in those than a C-Ray. Azimut. Just saying. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. We've got, uh, okay, Sp- Speaker McCarthy says he thinks the U.S. won't default as debt talks inch forward. Um, you can't say that until they got a deal, right? Anyway, DAX up 59.4%, puts you down 7.1%, kick around, down 64 cents, call that flat. Europe has been very slow the last few days. Nikkei up 250 0.8%, you'd think that Asia would be doing well. Uh, not exactly. Hang Seng down 417, 2.1%. Shanghai down 6, almost flat. So we've got a up, a way down, and a flat. Uh, kind of odd. Yesterday we were, Dow was down 336. That's a lot over 1%. S&P down 26. NASDAQ down 22. And on the year, yesterday, because you know, a couple of clients we were talking to, this is weird on the year. Since... Greg, you tell me, where are we on the year? Russell, S&P, and uh, QQQ, the NASDAQ. Uh, down six? No, we got the NASDAQ is up two and a half. The Russell's down maybe a half a percent, and the S&P is unchanged. Oh, nice. For the year? We barely hear. Russell, if you're trying to talk, we can't We can't even hear you. Uh, maybe maybe Greg's got you That's down. That's on purpose. Oh, on purpose. <laughs> uh, that's, well, anyway, U.S. Uh, Ten-year down one basis point, 3.53. The bond down three basis points, 2.30. Japan down 2.37. We've got oil uh, down two cents, 70.84. Not much going on in the oil patch. Gold down 390, 1989 under 2,000. We've got Bitcoin 
None of the stuff's moving, so I'll be abbreviated. Bitcoin's actually down 286. That's 1%. 26,700. And the U.S. dollar is uh, weaker again, t- is uh, actually stronger again today. The euro was over, almost made it to 111. Now it's down to 108. So that's a pretty big move in the last week. And the, and the British pound was 127 almost. Now it's 124. So dollar's really strengthened the last couple of weeks. That's why gold is down and why oil can't get anywhere. What do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? And let's see. We've got Chicago 48. Phoenix 78. Uh, traffic is getting worse. Unfortunately, Kennedy to uh, interchange or O'Hara to interchange is about 80 minutes now. Um, the Edens Lake Cook to the interchange is 84 minutes. Watch out for that one. Um, Ike Wolf to the interchange is 51 minutes, and 95th uh, the inbound Ryan 95th to the interchange is 30 minutes. So those all got worse, unfortunately. Um, sports still the same. Lakers lose to the Nuggets. Denver leads 1-0 in that series. Cubs lose to the Strohs, 3-7. to uh, All they do is lose. And Guardians lost to the White Sox, so that's a win. Eight, uh, 8-3 Sox. And in extra innings, the Diamondbacks fall to the Athletics, 8-9. Uh, Safe face for the base, that's yep. all. Safe face for the base, I like that. Uh, here, here's one, your, your, your hero, uh, Russell Elon Musk. We can turn Russell. He is my he is he is my hero because he you've seen the picture of him in a bathing suit, right? Uh, no, I wouldn't want to see a picture of me in a bathing suit. Floats floats around of him in a bathing, and he and I have about the exact same body type. But he, you know, he he goes out with supermodels and stuff. So yeah, he's my hero. Go ahead. Ten kids. You know, you know the word uh, the immortal words of uh, Greg's good buddy and my buddy the coach. Um, If you got dough, they'll work with you. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they will. Just yes, saying. they will. So. <laughs> Anywho, what what did, what did old Elon between fathering children? What did uh, Elon have to say? Uh, Elon, working from home is morally wrong when service workers still have to show up. Elon Musk called Silicon Valley engineers a part of laptop classes living in La La Land and said they should get off their moral high workhorse, uh, their moral high horse work from home bull bleep. Yeah. So the idea is, I don't have to come into work, but the other schmoes do. He thinks is a moral hazard, and he's—I'm not so sure he's all that wrong there, actually. Um, it's funny. The uh, I, I wanted to talk about this in the this, in this half hour. I uh, I went. I was down in Indianapolis yesterday, and the CFA Society of Indianapolis did like an all-day investment conference in the infield at the Indianapolis 500 track. Wow, that's it. I know. I was like. I really, I, I've got a, a, a to-do list that's like as long as both the tattoos on both my arms, and it, it and I still, I, I jumped in the car, drove down there, went to this thing. It was absolutely fantastic. There was, uh, there was somebody from Ray Dalio's shop that said, "Yeah, we work from home Saturday and Sunday." Yeah, well, I got you know, I have a really stupid we, question. We, we, There's we some from, weirdos we, we work, over there. We, is the infield? Yeah, uh, uh, they're so, they're so smart. The the, in, the uh, is the infield paved? No, no, no. The, you know the infield has um, it, it, the, the infield is really large because the track is uh, twice as big as like a north like it's twice as big as the Chicago Land track. It's two and a half miles around. Yeah, so the infield's huge. So, so the infield, the, the, you know, there's three golf holes in the infield. Well, I mean, Arlington Park was a was a mile. Wasn't yeah, even wasn't the, even a mile. This place is bigger. This place is bigger than that. 
Yeah, because um, it was so, a No, I was, I mean, I was in like a, a pavilion suite place that they use, you know, that, that's open for, you know, VIPs and all that kind of stuff during the race. 253 acres, fun fact. Well, 253 yeah. acres. It's, it seats. It, it, I didn't realize it, but they expanded it um, about a decade ago, and it, it seats uh, uh, three and a quarter, I think. Wow. Yeah, it, I mean it's massive. Um, so I, but but it, the infield was you yeah, know press four, centers four and all. Holes. You didn't really even realize. You, you know what? You, you hear people say they go to, to the Kentucky Derby and they don't see a horse. Yeah. Um, if it weren't for big screens and stuff, I wouldn't have. Re- I, I really would not have seen the track at all. Well, where I was. One of my, a couple of um, buddies did. Evidently, you can drive your car in there, right? If oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my, tr- and I, I, I took two students along with me. One of them who has been a guest on this program, um, and uh, we heard a lot of really smart people talk about um, a really a, a lot of really, and then a lot of a lot of people that I did not agree with, and I, I got all fired up. Uh, there was an economist that said uh, basically. The, the lack of credibility that we're getting globally with go, what's going on with the debt ceiling debate uh, is it, it's probably going to just plunge us into a recession by itself. And if we do, if they do stop paying some people, and do, it definitely will push us into a recession. I, I don't know. I don't. I think if they, and I think if they solve this thing, um, that that the effect, effects are going to be negligible. You know, unless like we really do start to bump up into early June on this. I, I, I'm with you. And I'm not supposed to agree with you, but I'm going to. I'm going I'm yeah. to say this. This is not. If if they totally screw it up, it'll be a catalyst. But if if they go forward, the the problems are already they're on the wall. I mean, you and I and Kevin yeah, essentially yeah, listed them yeah. today. This is not going to solve any of those problems. It's just going to be nobody. Nobody is negotiating from a position of strength in the current world no. environment but at all. It's like, like I said, yeah, it, before the break when I solved the when I solved the thing and said, you know, we'll cave a little bit on. Or it doesn't even have to be defense spending. If there are things that the Republicans are big champions of, um, and you know, things that the Democrats are big champions of, uh, let you know, let's do an equal split. Well, I'm going to. I'm let, going yeah, to let, say, let's let's cut. Let, you know, let let let's equally split some things. Now, if I was, um, uh, I don't. Th- I don't think we're at the point of no return yet. I really don't. We actually um, do have, as you know, we have a stopwatch in the office, a real one. You know, the ones. Uh huh. Um, I'm looking at the new U.S. national debt clock here, and I'm going to say we blow through a million dollars every two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, if we if if we just confiscated. The wealth of all the billionaires in the U.S. and they're not nearly as many billionaires as people think. Um, but if we were to confiscate all of their wealth, I, I think we could run the government for about three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just you know. What I'm uh, saying oh, is, what these what these guys are going to do, if, if if they do everything quickly and perfectly with the least amount of hassle. They're gonna they're gonna take the million dollars every two and a half minutes if I'm correct there actually I'm looking at it now it might be two mm-hmm. minutes they're gonna get it down to a minute fifty five <laughs> I mean, we're yeah. we're not talking about any sort of I mean we if you look at uh, the uh, I'll look at it right now the uh, maybe you can do the math faster than me these days because you know we're we're one of these professors sort of dudes I'm gonna say mm-hmm. that we're running out of all the money the government takes in okay this year year to date so we started in October. Notice how I had this up for you, Russell. So my October to April. Mm-hmm. Well, some months, you know, you take in tax money and some you don't. So far yeah. this year, 
we, the government, is taking in $2.686 trillion. Okay, and we spent 3.611. So I'm going to say we're we're 924 in a hole is, is, the, is the deficit this year. Now, there might be a month where we... Where and we're a, right at a third of the way through the year. Yeah. Uh, no, so, we're October, November, three, four, five, oh, we're seven okay, months. Okay. I, was, I, I was thinking calendar year, sorry. One, two, three, four, I, five, I, six, yeah. seven. So we're I've, over half. I forgot they, I forgot they operate on a, a October year end, right? Right. Or, uh, October yeah. year start, so. September year end. You start okay. Like, uh, All right. So we're talking about a uh, everybody's taxes would have to go up. I'm going to say, what is that? Uh, it would have to go up. 35% to even stuff out. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you did that, you still couldn't get there because if you paid these guys 35% more of your taxes, of your income, that's income you wouldn't give to all the other people, so then they wouldn't be able to pay 35% more than they used to make in any way because it becomes a zero-sum game oh, yeah. going down, right? It does. Well, exactly. But how yeah. many people, I don't think many people know that, but that's, that, well, that's what would happen. Uh, so if I had a cough up 35% more, I'm going to say uh, Tripoli's out of luck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Series is probably out of luck. I mean, I mean there's uh-huh. a few people that are out of luck, which is going to take Series nut down and Tripoli's nut down, so you almost don't get anywhere. But it's, exactly. But it, but it, but it clearly... Just, it, it, it just, it's the, the hamster on the wheel. Yeah, but, it, but clearly yeah. There, there is a, a, a serious disconnect. And if you look at the two parties... You know, where the where the, wheel, where the wheel hits the road, where the rubber meets the road. Oh, there's a tire commercial back in the day. Uh, Firestone, right? When the rubber meets the road. I mean, the fact yeah. is, the, the the Republicans want to cut taxes for their benefactors without regard to what that does. And they, they don't have the balls, basically, to, to cut expenses to go with it, because nobody can. And the Democrats mm-hmm. want to give uh, basically free money to all the people who are going to vote for them. And, and, and don't have the balls to raise taxes enough to make that match up, so they, they both are the same, have the same problem coming from different directions. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's no, and that's and and really that's why I mean the the Republicans just don't you know they just don't want to raise taxes from where we are right now. I'm sure they would love to cut taxes, but you're not going to be able to do that one. Um, but really, I think if if you're you know if if if, if what it's going to take is a reduction in spending. Um, yeah, if I were McCarthy, I would just I would go in there, uh, you know, and and hope that I'm able to talk uh, speak somewhat freely and it doesn't get leaked out before I even leave the room. Um, but you know, laying out a couple of things, going in there and saying, you know, we would be willing to give up um, spending in a couple of our key areas uh, if you guys would match us. We're done. I use the stopwatch, guys. Uh, yep. Uh, How 40, quick? 40.18 seconds. Really? So my two minutes is way ch- too charitable. Yeah, 40.1. I did it twice. So right around 40 seconds. That, that, that's a million dollars. That That's inflation on your uh, on your time. Now, did you use a real stopwatch yeah, or did you use the one on your phone? 40.18. Did you use a real stopwatch or the one on your phone? A computer. One on a computer. Is that, is that as good as the real one? Do you have to press the button? You want me to do it again? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I did it twice. <laughs> I, lo- I, I, love, I love that you don't trust the computer. I just, you know, I don't... But, but you, you, you love the... You, 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 you trust the thing that goes tick, 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 like the 60 minutes deal. Yes. Yes, that's how they used to... Tr- you know, 
the uh, that's right. They used to t- you know do the uh, races. That's how the guy. That's how people knew that the uh, secretariat actually had a won the Preakness by a record because the uh, racing form guy had a regular stopwatch and he said your your track clock is off. And also, and years uh, and years later, they actually went through frame by frame and they found the guy with the stopwatch was correct. Also, um, since 1959, uh, the debt ceiling has been increased 89 times. Yeah, that's what it's so, all uh, Reagan, Reagan did it 18 times. I think Eisenhower and tr- and Biden did it twice. Trump did it three times. Um, wow. Well, uh, I guess Biden's about mm-hmm. to be three times. But. Well, but in, in Reagan's time, I think it was a lot tighter. Well, he wins by a lot. Yeah, he wins by a lot. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. Carter was nine. Let's just say that the, Bush the, one was nine. When you talk about Reagan, the and I had no real problem with Reagan. But the with the uh, Republican Jesus, yeah. The, what what they say in the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance when the when the uh, legend conflicts with the the uh, the facts, print the legend. Yep. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Legends a be- legends better story. Absolutely. So yeah, uh, we love st- we love stories. What uh, this you know the funny part, Russell, is we 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 go from topic to topic. Uh, mm-hmm. as, as we go through the week, based based basically on the interests of the of the people that are on the show with me, I try and hit everybody up for the stuff they care about the most. But you know what? Doesn't it seem to you that it's it's all the same topic? Trying to do too little with too much, or the other way around, and and just kind of a, a little bit of an incompetency. Nobody ever talking to the other person. It just we seem to be lurching around without really any of the. I, I really. I mean, it's, I don't know how you can recreate this because I sure as hell don't want another war. Mm-hmm. I really think that the ability of the people that I grew up, you know, the, the parents, mm-hmm. they all, all sort of were in either in the the war together or the procurement together or the ladies working in the factories together. They, or something. they, they had, had ability- come. They had come through difficult times and had a common background, right? And, and so, and we don't have that anymore. And I, I'll give you a, a prime example on this one. Um, my uh, my in how in why it's not going to get any better. My uh, my oldest daughter uh, posted something pro life on Instagram, and one of her cousins blocked her. Yeah, it's a uh... yeah, and, and it just you, you know just I said, oh, did you see so and so is going to this college? And she goes, no, she she blocked me on Instagram. I was like, what? Why? Yeah. And she said, you know, I I put that pro life thing up, and but um, but. So you know you're talking about a 17 year old and an 18 year old, but now you know the 17 year old doesn't want to have anything to do with the 18 year old because she posted something pro life on her um, Instagram. I so you think this is go- you think this right. is going to get better? <laughs> well, except that uh, uh, people my uh, the people that I uh, are my guides in here. Wait, well, like mm-hmm. I'll just say something nice about you and Kevin, but. You guys are actually dealing with all kinds of young people. Oh and, yeah, and the, the, say, the variety of people I, I get to deal with is amazing. I, I love it. But I'm saying this you and Kevin have both come to the same conclusion. That's why I'm not going to bring everybody on together because you'll gang up on me. That these mm-hmm. these young people are not all that bad. They're actually looking for some guidance and they have some common sense and they're they're not as bad as we like to make them out to be. And they're actually very willing to learn, most of them. No such not thing a, as common sense. Oh, well, that's... I'll beat mm-hmm. that drum until I die. Well, there's... Uh, I, I can tell some of the stuff that I look at with... I'm, I'm aghast. Uh, the stuff that you learned 
I mean, when I was young, I mean, you learn from your grandparents or your uncles. You learn how to work with tools. You learn how to... I see people that are driving. I don't know how the hell they're driving. The idea of, of even doing a parallel park job is, is they can't even do it. I mean, it's not even... Mm-hmm. And yet, boy, that's pretty easy. I mean, I, I mean, Audrey, before her dad let her get the driver's license, he made her change change the tire in the car and change the oil because <laughs> you're not going anywhere if you can't it. change your own tire i mean, I, I mean I, the the those the simple stuff that i think you learn from i mean if, if i'm gonna if i'm gonna build a fence if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that there's a there's a logical process to it and, and i see a lot of young people don't have that everything's the same right what am i gonna mm-hmm. do here's, here's my goal here's what i need here's the material Here's what I need to put the material together. There's a process to everything, whether it's a computer program or whatever it is. And I see a lot of kids, they've never really done anything like that by themselves. They have no idea how to go about it. And it's, yeah. I mean, but I don't see how you get to a certain age without... I've had a couple of producers here that, man, oh, man, I, I, how, do they, how do they make it to 23? I, I, I you know, I, I led a study abroad over into London, and I... I the, the the helplessness that that I heard from 21 22 year olds was it, it was it was kind of shocking yeah I mean I you know I, I just you know so what's next how do we get there I don't know you got a map on your phone use it you know it's uh well, you could we just hand them a map this time you could hand but, them a map and really shock the hell out of them oh for that yeah of London oh my god <laughs> you know London is not a grid at least Chicago's a grid yeah um yeah, Chicago is one of the easiest places in the world to get around, as long as you don't get on one of those angle streets. Well, okay, I'm going to ask you because I know you know the answer to this, Greg. Uh-huh. I'm not, Greg, I'm not so sure. Why is Chicago oh. a grid? Did they rebuild it after the fire? Nope. And do it that way? Or no, 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 no. I assume it was one of the city plant, one of the people who we named a bunch of crap after, decided to do it that way. Uh, absolutely not. I'm, I'm stunned. What is it? I'm stunned. Uh, when the uh, when the I and M canal was being built, they said, "Okay, we've got this area," and there were the Angle Streets, that you, like Milwaukee Archer, those those were the Indian trails in and out of essentially downtown. Yeah. So they stayed. Yeah. The rest of it was a grid. They 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 took square mile stuff and made it a grid before anybody even lived here, or basically didn't before anybody lived here, and they gave every other square mile. To the people who dug the INM canal to sell for revenue for the canal. Oh wow! Very almost the exact same plan as they did for the railroads. I mean, if you if you got a commission for a railroad, or whatever it was, the government would give you a certain amount of property on either side of where the line was going to be that you were supposed to be able to sell to whoever lived there, if anybody lived there, for mm-hmm. for your for money to build the railroad. So uh, 25% or 22% of all the land in the U.S., you know, not the most valuable land, obviously, was given to the five West Western railroads. So what are the diagonal streets again? They're the old Indian trails. Elston. Uh, Milwaukee. No, Archer. Archer, Ogden. Ogden. Yeah. Sort of Ogden, yeah. Yeah, Ogden and... Uh, Og- Ogden, str- and Ogden eventually Clark. straightens out a bit. Well, Clark, Clark just ran along the lakefront. Because that's where the lakefront used yeah, to be. But the, yeah, but it, yeah. Goes, and, it goes funky. But it does, t- it does take a left when you get a little bit farther north. Well, that, that's because that's where the old shore was. So that was an Indian mm-hmm. trail, too? Yeah. yeah. Those yeah. are the ways in and out. Or but I think the main American, ones were Milwaukee me. and uh, Archer and Ogden, because Ogden you know, goes all the way to where. 
Uh, it's a, I'm I'm about five blocks from Ogden. Yeah, and I'm it, eighteen miles away from you right now. But it goes to so, where way west. It goes to neighbor. It goes. Oh, it keeps going. It's yeah. Highway Thirty Four. Yeah, it goes um, to the West Coast. I think if if not, pretty close. But uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna test that one out. I'll get on it and I'll let you know. I don't think you want to take it's something. Ogden. I should be able to look up. Take, right? Yeah, I'm gonna take Ogden to Los Angeles. Stand by. No, you want to take uh, yeah. sixty six went to Los Angeles. Uh, you know my my oldest who's going to George Washington in D.C. Uh, she she always said she was going to go to a school in California, and I was going to drive her there via Route sixty six. Well, it, it's it's a it's a pain in the ass because you got to keep getting off and on. We end up doing yeah. If we're in because uh, I actually drove my uh, pickup truck back from uh, Tucson. In some of the areas, in New Mexico, sixty six is the essentially the frontage road. Yeah, it's, it's parallel to the guy. Yes. Hell, sixty six is sixty six is a frontage road out here. Yeah. next to fifty five. But there's spots where it yeah. it wanders off where you can see it. And it's just this old mm-hmm. blacktop thing, right? And literally, if, yeah. you, ever, if you ever saw uh, the movie uh, Grapes of Wrath with uh, uh, Henry Fonda, yeah. well, when they say it's a ribbon of road, it is a ribbon of road, right through mm-hmm. the desert. And the thing is, I'm going to say. 25 feet wide, maybe. And so are the bridges. And literally at night, you, you drove off the damn thing out into the, the flat desert and you camped. My mom and when, uh, oh, quick story. My mom, when my dad had his uh, initial surgery where he, he wasn't supposed to live very long and he didn't, my mom said, We always wanted to go to California. Let's go. Well, they took, I think in our 51 Dodge, they, they took 66 down. Went up the coast and came back from San Francisco on. I mean, there was no I eighty back then, so they probably came back on mm. Route six. Route six is what Loveland Pass and all those things. Route six goes all the way to San Francisco. Um, I was I was on Route six yesterday. There you go. Because you know it also yeah, it's, it it goes along the it, it parallels with all of that uh, 90, 80, 94, yeah. 80 stuff through well, northern. Well, Indiana. it was. And if you take it east, guess where you end up with? Where you end up? Yeah, Provincetown, the end of Cape Cod. Goes all the way there, so, so it's close. Yeah. So anyway, what I'm saying is, she said it, you had to drive at night because none of the cars had air conditioning. Oh. So the the road was measurably hot because it was pavement, and when the sun on it, it would like get sticky almost. So you had to worry yeah, about stock. You had to yeah. worry about stock blowouts. She goes, no place decent to eat. There was no place decent to say. Was anybody? There, there was a thing uh, the other day. BBM had uh, two ladies came over here from Europe, and the thing they were going to do is take 66. They had read so much about it. They were going to take the old 66 from Chicago to L.A. That was going to be their U.S. trip. I bet they have a great time. Anyway. All right, Russell. We got a dash, but SP Futures so. up 17. NASDAQ is up 33. Uh, what do you think of the market? Real quick on the market, how long can six stocks be going up and the rest of the market be going down? Uh, it, it's, got, it's got to come to an end, and I heard a lot about that yesterday down at that conference. Yeah, the, got to, you know, the, the, the disparity of returns is not a good thing. I've got the Russell down, the, the Spider unchanged, and the, the Q's up 2.5% on the year. No, and, no, 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 no. No. The Q's are up almost 20 on the year. I'm talking about since January 1st, this year. I, I'm talking about January 1st, too. And, the Q's are up almost 20%. No, I, I calculated the stuff yesterday. Well, maybe there's something wrong with my I, graph. I, I, I wrote about it over the weekend. Uh, RUT's flat, S&P's up about 8%, NASDAQ's up almost 20 Uh... 
you are correct. What the hell did I what did I do wrong here? So sorry. Yeah, I you are that's correct. why I was getting all jumping up jumping up and down when I was muted because I I wrote an article on the uh, the Russell uh, S and P divergence. It's well, like the, well, the second Russell, the Russell's divergence of outperformance by the S and P since the year two thousand. Yeah, we're yeah, we're a, I get this. I get yeah. the, but the Russell's on, is down, right? Uh, it was uh, as of Sunday. It was basically down like one percent on yeah. the year. And so S&P's, whatever it's done in the past, I think it's been flat the past couple of days collectively. So yeah, we're down on the year on the small caps. And we're pretty close to that. S and P's. Uh, no, S and P's up like seven and a half percent for the year. Uh, I think I mean, you know what I must have done. Yeah. I must have gone from last year. So we're uh, yeah now, Maybe you've now got round trip round trip the Nasdaq is about where it was this time last year yeah that's that's what I was looking at that's what right. screwed me up yeah so there you go. yeah the S and P so, is wow. up uh, uh, three ninety to four twelve so it's up whatever it's five percent yeah so so there you right. go thank you yeah I, I was looking I was going year to year oops all right yeah. but thank and you very much SP futures no up seventeen we'll SP futures up twenty nine uh, back tomorrow stocks and jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. HomeSource Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. CairoMed. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.